I have used a lot of commerce platforms in the past. By far, the most robust is Shopify. No matter how complex your business needs and no matter how large your business grows, Shopify can handle it. And they do handle it for brands like Rothy's, Ruggable, Allbirds, Knox, Magnolia, Brooklinen, Glossier, and Cotton, to name a few. You may already use another e-commerce platform and you may be super unhappy with it, but you've already put a lot of work into it and migrating to Shopify could seem impossible. But I'm here to tell you that it is quite easy. When I migrated to Shopify back in 2022, their apps and tools meant I just had to make a few clicks and everything was ported over as if by magic. Shopify also lets you design your storefront however you like, which from personal experience I know isn't the case for many other commerce platforms out there. All these features and all this control can result in more sales more often. So stop leaving sales on the table, switch your business to Shopify today, and discover why millions trust Shopify as their all-in-one commerce platform to build, grow, and run their businesses. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial at shopify.com forward slash practical, all lowercase. That's one month for just $1 at shopify.com forward slash practical, shopify.com forward slash practical. Happy Friday, Prakaptan. It is time for a patron-suggested episode, and this week it is on the topic of oikiosis. Full disclosure, oikiosis might be a little bit above my pay grade, but I'm going to try my dangest, dangest, dangest to deliver on this request, which, for the record, comes from a cavalcade of patrons. Okay, that's dramatic. It's just three patrons, but guess what? They're the only patrons who weighed in on this week's topic suggestion thread. Don't worry, Timothy, I'm not leaving you out. I'm going to get to you in a minute. And they just happen to all agree on the same topic. So I'm cornered. I must do this. I must do as the patrons command, lest I be put up against a post and shot. Gosh, I really am being dramatic this morning. I must be in a mood. Scratch that. I am in a mood but you'll hear more about that in a minute because my father got me riled up this week and this discussion of oikiosis overlaps well with why I got riled up. And I love when that sort of alignment happens. And after that, here I come, Timothy. We're going to touch briefly on Stoic Toolkits because Timothy wants to hear about that. Before all that, though, you have to hear some thank yous and some ads. Don't like ads? Well, then pony up that spondooly, baby, and become a patron. Otherwise, take solace in the fact that the ads are what keep me from paywalling all of my content and feel suddenly grateful for those ads. By the way, you get cool stuff for being a patron, so, you know, it's not just to get rid of ads on the podcast. That would be lame. You can learn more about becoming a patron by going to actualstoicism.com forward slash support or stoicismpod.com forward slash members. Links in the show notes, as always. Thank you to Rod Mason the newest patron, and the first to support at the Prosecate tier, which includes all sorts of cool extras, as it turns out. Thanks, Rod. That's mighty swell of you. And I appreciate the support from Australia. Okay, time for ads. There's only two, so don't fast forward too far or you're going to miss some of the episode. Ready? Here they are. Have you ever heard of OxyClean? Oh my god, I'm totally kidding. That's not an ad. That's me just messing with you. (laughs) Okay, here are the ads. Cold open, done. Ads, done. It's time to get into oikiosis because that's what the patrons want me to get into. Oikiosis means a few things, but all those things seem to relate to the concept of 
certain things being yours, not yours like you own them, like a car or a house or your sense of dignity, but yours like your duty or your responsibility. Chris Fisher says this of oikiosis, quote, scholars offer several translations for the Greek word oikiosis. I prefer affinity. It describes the process by which our natural self-interest for survival expands to include the interests of others as we grow to become rational adults. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes, so doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M dot com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for a hundred healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. I have used a lot of commerce platforms in the past. By far, the most robust is Shopify. No matter how complex your business needs and no matter how large your business grows, Shopify can handle it. And they do handle it for brands like Rothy's, Ruggable, Allbirds, Knox, Magnolia, Brooklinen, Glossier, and Cotton, to name a few. You may already use another e-commerce platform and you may be super unhappy with it, but you've already put a lot of work into it and migrating to Shopify could seem impossible. But I'm here to tell you that it is quite easy. When I migrated to Shopify back in 2022, their apps and tools meant I just had to make a few clicks and everything was ported over as if by magic. Shopify also lets you design your storefront however you like, which from personal experience I know isn't the case for many other commerce platforms out there. All these features and all this control can result in more sales more often. So stop leaving sales on the table, switch your business to Shopify today, and discover why millions trust Shopify as their all-in-one commerce platform to build, grow, and run their businesses. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial at shopify.com forward slash practical, all lowercase. That's one month for just $1 at shopify.com forward slash practical, shopify.com forward slash practical. The Stoics observed that all humans have a natural affinity for themselves. A child's natural affinity will cause them to cry when hungry or uncomfortable without regard for others. This natural affinity makes children well disposed for self-preservation. Crying children get the attention of those who care for them. However, as the child matures, he or she must become well disposed to survive in relationships, which include members of their family, society, nation, and ultimately, the entire cosmos. End quote. So, oikiosis is the expansion of human affinity, which begins with self, but, through deliberate use of our rational faculties, our reason, expands to include all things, as is in alignment with our roles. This should sound super familiar to you as a listener of this podcast. It should sound a lot like the circles of concern. It should sound like them because it is the basis for Heracles' conceptualization of them, and importantly, it is a basis for the idea of justice in Stoicism, perhaps the basis. 
we define justice as being something that refers to our dealings with people, and I suppose also our dealings with ourselves. Are the ways we treat people appropriate? Yes or no? That's hard to answer if we don't understand what our roles are, and it's hard to know what our roles are if we don't understand those things that we're supposed to have an affinity for. Now, what does this have to do with my dad riling me up earlier this morning? My dad, a staunch defender of First Amendment rights no matter where he is, including Food Lion, any old gas station, Thanksgiving dinner, or the two-hour car ride as it happens between Raleigh and Thomasville, was discussing courage and morality with me, and during that discussion, which I struggle not to label something more like a really long-winded condescension, but I'll resist assenting to that, I'm resisting, I'm resisting, he posed a thought experiment. Tanner, let me ask you a question, he said. If you were hiding behind a rock because there was an active shooter situation, and out from behind your rock was a wounded bystander, would you come out from behind your rock to pull them to safety? even if it meant, and especially if it meant, risking your own life? Before I dive into this, I want to preface my answer to my father's question, his thought experiment. I have no doubt that everyone in such a situation would feel a desire to pull that person to safety and, depending on how courageous they were in the moment, would probably feel guilty if they were too afraid to do so in the aftermath of such an event. No one wants to watch someone they could hypothetically save die. That can't be a good feeling. No one wants to sleep with that memory haunting them. That said, my answer was that I didn't know that I would. Now, this, of course, incensed my father, who insisted that this was a problem, to which I asked him why it was a problem, to which he provided a very utilitarian line of reasoning that I will not reiterate here. When he calmed down and asked me to explain my reasoning, I told him that it came down to roles, that it came down to seeing a bigger picture than just the one that was right there in front of me, zooming out a bit, let's say. Choosing to risk my life to save someone in need might be an entirely inappropriate choice if, for example, I had a wife and child at home because choosing to risk my life to save a stranger in need would also be choosing to risk abandoning my role as a husband and a father. And the only thing that would make it obvious that I should easily abandon those roles in the event that I died would be a poor understanding of roles in the first place. A Stoic's role isn't to do the right thing in the moment, per se. It's to do the right thing, period. So the question isn't, would you risk your life? Because that's not what the decision is really about. The question is, would you risk abandoning your role as a parent and a spouse in order to assume the role of protector and lifesaver for this person who you may or may not know? And that is a very different question. To reiterate, and perhaps pull you back towards me if I'm losing you, I know for a fact I would feel personally compelled to risk my life to save that person. I know I might even wind up doing it, but I don't feel particularly proud to say that because the other side of that coin is that I would be compelled to abandon, or risk abandoning, again in the event that I died, my role as a father and spouse to assume the valiant and more attractive, perhaps, role in the moment of hero to a person in need. Now that's only a good thing if you think death is an evil which you should know, as a Stoic, it isn't. So the choice to save this person, if the motivation for saving them is to prevent them from dying, is rooted in a pathos-centric approach to impressions. You're stirred to action based on a strong passion towards or related to an indifferent, 
Is that a just way to go about making choices? Now, you already know the answer to that. As someone who listens to this podcast and calls themselves a Stoic, it isn't. Are you a paramedic? Are you a first responder? Are you a law enforcement officer? Then the choice to save this person is a choice to adhere to your role. And since your role, in the case of a law enforcement officer, for example, is to protect the community and your spouse and child are part of that community and understand that that's your role, it is a more appropriate choice as a law enforcement officer in such a situation to prioritize this role over your role as spouse and parent. In fact, it's not even out of alignment with doing so. But me, a podcaster and philosopher with a wife and child, what do I have that justifies me making the choice to risk not dying, but ignoring and potentially abandoning my role as a father and spouse? Because if you have no roles in society, which none of us have no roles, but let's just imagine one of us did not have any roles whatsoever, the choice to risk your life does not involve abandoning anything else. It's not about dying. You're not trying to self-preserve. You're trying to remain loyal, let's say, to your roles. And if you assume a role that is not presently your role, and by doing so you risk abandoning already established roles, should you do that? Now again, I would feel compelled. It would take effort on my part not to act. But ultimately, I don't think I would. If I were an officer of the law, or a member of the military, or something like that, I would choose differently. Now, you might not feel good about that, right? You might think, well, I don't want to be around Tanner when shit hits the fan because he's not going to risk his life for me. But I'll tell you that my wife and my unborn child probably feel pretty good about the fact that Tanner's not going to try to be a hero, and he's going to come home and continue to fulfill his role as parent and husband. A philosophy podcaster with no gun, no combat or medical training, no identified role in society to act in such a capacity, choosing to risk his life in spite of his responsibility to his family, that doesn't seem just at all. It seems, in fact, undisciplined and, in a way, selfish. If virtue is the only good, and virtue is the knowledge of how to live well, and living well is expressed through appropriate choices, and we have to reason to make appropriate choices, and to reason we must know our roles, and roles guide us in making appropriate choices, then how can the appropriate choice be the choice that totally ignores our roles and the ethical considerations they necessitate? That wouldn't make any sense, and it doesn't make any sense. And if the saving a human being scenario hits too close to home for you, how about this one? Would you risk dying, abandoning your role as a spouse and partner, potentially if those roles are roles you fill, to push a dog out of the way of a bus? Would you prioritize your responsibilities to a cute dog over your responsibilities as a parent and a spouse? I'm not asking whether or not you'd feel guilty about not doing so. I'm positive that we would all feel at least a small amount of guilt, if not a ton of guilt, for not saving a puppy if we were in a position to do so. I'm instead asking whether you think such a choice would be stoically ethical if it would be appropriate. Stoicism isn't easy, and allowing someone to die when death is an indifferent, because your roles indicate that that would be the appropriate choice, that's something that's hard to talk about. Because all of us want to save a person in need, we all want to prevent death, because we all see it mostly, myself included, as an evil. But from the Stoic perspective, we are wrong about that. It's not the death that's central to the appropriateness of the choices, it is the reasoning we use to make the choice. If our reasoning is logical and sound, and we choose in accordance with that reason and soundness, 
then we have acted justly and morally and appropriately, and that is what matters. Not the living or dying, but the reasoning and the choice. Of course, I'm not saying it's never appropriate to make this choice. That's not for me to say. I'm simply suggesting that it's probably not appropriate to make this choice in most cases, or more broadly, because my point isn't meant to be about this thought experiment specifically. Making choices with your passions instead of your reason is unstoic, and we shouldn't make choices that way. That's the big point. Oikiosis, then, is something like the embodiment of understanding your roles and responsibilities, who they are to, and how they are fulfilled and deployed, and when, and with what priority. Oikiosis is to character, perhaps, as knowing what numbers are to math. Or maybe that's not good enough. Maybe oikiosis is to character what curiosity is to science? Maybe? I'm out of analogies today, I guess. You're going to have to live without a good one today, maybe. And last but not least, we've got to talk about Stoic Toolkits for patron Timothy. Timothy's question was, you said once on an episode that we don't have a Stoic Toolkit per se on how to act at all times under any pressure, but maybe we could. Perhaps you could devise and or illustrate a thought process that helps us act in accordance with the four virtues in most or any situation. I think I may have already hinted at this accidentally in the content of this episode leading up to now, Timothy, but I still have something to add. I don't believe in the attainability of sagehood. I've said this a number of times. I don't believe either that anyone can be so well-trained in thinking and assenting appropriately that they can deploy a toolkit in real time. Instead, what I believe is that a person must familiarize themselves with their roles and responsibilities now and that they must do this well enough that when situations which call upon the need to understand these roles deeply and well crop up, they can readily act in accordance with them without having to suss out appropriate choice in real time. A sort of preloading or a well-rehearsed understanding of your roles and responsibilities. That's not me saying you don't need to do any thinking in real time. That would be crazy. I'm only saying that the work of learning to make appropriate choices cannot only happen when the making of appropriate choices is suddenly very urgent. Some of what we learn will necessarily be through failure, surely, and it has to be, right? But not everything. And solidifying your understanding of your roles is, I feel, absolutely necessary to acting appropriately as unfailingly as is possible for a non-sage. And to do that, as soon and as well as you can. And by the way, non-sages, that's everybody. Thanks for listening today, and thanks to you patrons for suggesting this week's Friday topic. If you'd like to begin supporting my work so it can continue to be free for those who cannot afford to support it, please go to actualstoicism.com forward slash support and become a patron today. Thank you again for listening, and until next time, take care. Take care.